This is Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, which is part of the Replicate Podcast Network. It is a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. Here is your host, Colin Wood. This week on the podcast, we're continuing our discussion about this six-element pattern that we see throughout Scripture. Now, last week, we introduced the idea. We saw it happen a couple of times. It always ends in a test. So far, the three uh, people that have taken the test have failed. We have not yet gotten to the significance of this pattern. And Pastor, I think it would be helpful for you to review the pattern. Can you remind us what the six elements are? I remember it starts with chaos. Yes, yes. So if you didn't listen to the previous podcast, uh, as we already stated, go back and listen. Yeah, you need that, that one. Yeah, you're you going to have to have that one to get to this one. Okay, so just to review, there are six elements we see all throughout Scripture. Uh, it starts in Genesis 1. It goes through uh, Noah and Moses, and uh, it's going to go all the way to the New Testament. Here are the six elements. And again, can't they get a slide, Colin? Yeah, there's a slide in the show notes. We'll put it in this week's show notes as well that show the six elements. But It's always helpful for me to have a visual, and this will at least be a list of those elements so you can find them when you come across them. Yes, good. Okay, so the six elements are chaos. You see chaos in the story, chaos mm-hmm. in the situation, water. Then you see the spirit above the water in many forms. Uh, one form is wind. Mm-hmm. One form is a dove. One form is the spirit, you see, uh, the very name. Then you have God speaking. Mm-hmm. So then God speaks. Then you have the expected order of how things are going to go. God either gives plans or expectations. And then the last part of this paradigm is the testing. Mm. And up to this point, if you've been following along, we have walked through the life of Adam. Mm-hmm with this paradigm, and Adam is tested with the fruit, he fails. and he fails. fails. Okay, so we're one for one on the fail. Then Noah, we went to Noah and the flood. Went to Noah and the flood. Noah, after the flood, God says, this is the way it's going to be. Multiply the earth and prosper. Mm-hmm. Noah gets drunk, uh, inappropriate behavior. Fails the test. Fails again. Two for two. We're, we're two for two on failures. Then we go to Moses. Moses. Okay, so Moses now, we have Moses, he comes, uh, he leads the people through the waters of the Red Sea, he goes to hear the expected order of how the food's going to be provided and sustained, God basic, and then you can even say, Colin, if you want, the expected order is the Ten Commandments, Mm -hmm. you can even say that is the expected order if Mm -hmm. you want, which I think is true too, and then the testing of Moses' life comes, Numbers 20, when God says, speak to the rock, don't strike the rock. Moses' anger strikes the rock. We know what happens. And he's punished and unable to go into the promised land. Now, before we get into the New Testament, there's actually one more. And I'm sure there are more, by the mm-hmm. way. And this would be great homework for you to do. And you can look for these encounters. But the one that comes to mind is Joshua. Mm-hmm. So you think of Joshua. A lot of the elements are there. Okay, You have chaos. What's the chaos? Let's figure it out together. Are you talking about before they cross the Red Sea? Yes, before they cross the Red Sea. I mean, the not Red the Red Sea, sea the, the Jordan The River. Jordan, yeah. Before they cross the Jordan in Joshua 1, okay. you have chaos. What's the chaos? They're just coming out of the wilderness. Yeah. It's chaotic in the wilderness. Yeah. The wilderness is a place of testing and, 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 and trial, so it's mm-hmm. chaotic, okay? Then you have the water. What is the water? Jordan River. The Jordan River. And God, once again... Parts the Jordan. Now, mm-hmm. if you if you know from the first parting, God has a paradigm of how he parts the water. Yeah, it said an eastern wind. <laughs> yes, a wind parts the water. So now you have the spirit over 
the water. Then God speaks to the people. He mm-hmm. says, listen, go get some stones, mm-hmm. build a memorial, mm-hmm. and here's the deal. Follow my commandments. If you follow the commands, things will go well for you. Expected order. So God says, build a memorial, and then God speaks. Follow my commands, and things will go well. Success will be with you. Do not depart to the right or the left. Meditate on the word of God day and night. And then we have the testing. I have a question about the test. Okay. Is the test always about the man, like Adam, Noah, Moses, Joshua, or in this instance, because I can't immediately think where Joshua failed, but at AI, they failed. Aiken. Yes. Yes. You nailed it. That's a great insight. Okay. Okay. No, it uh, doesn't have to be. It's just someone fails for the nation, yeah. the nation. I mean, he's a he he's he's part of the nation, and so we have this failure of Achan. You remember? Mm-hmm. Don't take the spoils. That's the order. Uh, you know, take the land, destroy everything. destroy everything. Don't keep anything. That's the expected order, really. Yeah. Don't keep anything. And we know what happens. Uh, Achan says, "I'm just gonna keep a little bit just for myself. Empty the empty the tents." Achan is is uh, is outed, and then the earth swallows him up right yeah. in front of their eyes. Okay, so again, we have the same order, and it always ends the same way, which is what? Failure. 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 And so as you get into the New Testament, the question, let's go all the way back to where we began, which is Matthew chapter 3. The baptism of Jesus. The baptism of Jesus. Now you right. see where we're going here. All of that was worth the wait, I promise. So here we go. We get to the baptism of Jesus, and in your mind, you have a constant reminder, a reflex about water. If I'm Jewish and I'm there or hearing about this. Yeah, because you, you got to remember, they relive these festivals, they relive yeah. the Torah, they know this Bible well. They yeah. know it well. And so... Do you think this was because... Sorry to interrupt you, but no, do you think good. this was because they didn't have... Bibles in their home like we do now, and so they, God used these pictures and these. That's exactly right. Okay, exactly. Well, that that and the nation thought in pictures and images, mm. paradigms. They thought in paradigms. We think in bullet points and words. Uh, words. Yeah, we think in facts. So when you yeah. want to share an insight with someone, you give them a treatise, a theological treatise. Mm. When Jesus wanted to share a concept, he said, "Let me tell you a story." So for them, when they saw Jesus get baptized and then the dove. Or God's spirit like a dove. Yes, now you're starting Some to see what's happening might have here. started ringing. Now you're starting to see what's happening here. Okay, so let's go to the baptism of Jesus, okay. and we're going to ask the question, where are these elements? Okay, the first question is, where is chaos in the encounter or the account of Jesus' baptism? Matthew hmm. 3. Um, what's happening in the world? I mean, it's... They're still under Roman rule, and yes. it's not the expected order. Yes, Roman say. oppression. Yeah, that's why you have zealots and you have people cutting off ears and yeah. ready to battle because they're they looking want. for the Messiah. Yes, and yeah. they thought he's coming to destroy. So you have the yeah. the oppression. The second thing is the water. Where do we have the water? And we see it right in the text. Mm-hmm. The Jordan. The Jordan. Now we said this. Uh, we said this last time that we believe Jesus. There's a lot of beliefs on this. A lot of options. Jesus is baptized to fulfill all righteousness. One option was, if you remember, for the approval of the ministry of John. He's affirming the ministry of John and basically saying he's the final prophet and the last greatest 
great a profit or, or profit to come. But another option is this. When Jesus says, and this is one I lean to, when Jesus says, I'm doing this to fulfill all righteousness, basically what he's saying is, I'm going to live in such a way from this point on, actually, as always has, but I'm going to live mm-hmm. in such a way in front of you mm-hmm. to show you the path to walk of righteousness. This is the correct path to walk. Mm-hmm. This is the correct picture. This is how you fulfill all righteousness. Now, how do I know that? Because the word fulfill is the exact same word used in the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus says, I didn't come, watch this, to abolish the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. No, I didn't come to abolish. I came to what? Fulfill, mm-hmm. fulfill them. Now mm-hmm. we think fulfill means uh, it's 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 the idea of a catalog in the mail. This is how we look at it. Uh, let's say you get an old navy catalog in the mail with. I a, remember those. Yeah, the fall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the fall sale. Yeah, I mean, always it's always a sale. It's the yeah. back to school sale. It's the of Thanksgiving course. sale. It's always the same sale. The, the stuff stays on sale, but you don't know that. So the catalog comes in the mail. Let's say you pick out a pair of jeans. You go online. You purchase the jeans, and when the jeans come in the mail, when the actual product comes in the mail and you receive it. Uh-huh. What do you do with the catalog? Throw it away. You, you throw don't it need away because you don't need it anymore. Why? Yeah. Because the order has been fulfilled. Now, for years, that's how modern interpreters translated that word. Hmm. Fulfilled means Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law and prophets, I came to fulfill, meaning the law and the prophets in the Old Testament is done with. We don't hmm. need that Old Testament book. We got the New Testament book. But it's a misinterpretation of the word. The the actual word picture I'm going to give you, and then we're going to go to a break, but watch this. The actual word picture is to fill full. Hmm. It's an art idea. It's a diagram. It's a a paint-by-numbers concept, okay? So if I were to give you a, 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 a... a a magazine that has a picture already drawn Mm -hmm. and a set of crayons. You would take the crayons and you would fill the sketch, the Mm -hmm. outline with color, and you would bring it in a sense to life. To life. Ooh, that's good. Watch this. The Old Testament is the art pencil sketch of what the New Testament is. Jesus, when he comes, brings to life. He fills full Mm -hmm. the outline, the sketch we had in the Old Testament. Man, that's so that's so good. Well, we've gotten to two of the six elements in this story of Jesus's baptism, so I cannot wait to get to the rest. I think the next one is really obvious, but I'm very uh, interested in hearing about four and five. Uh, and then does Jesus pass the test? Ooh. Leave that as a teaser. Uh, yeah. After the break, we'll find out. Are you struggling with the fatigue of ministry post-COVID? Have you experienced some fruit but hit a plateau in your life or even your church? Could you benefit from a group of like-minded leaders who can help you achieve your God-given potential? Being a church leader is more challenging today than it has ever been, and the pandemic hasn't made it any easier to lead. We now have a whole new set of problems to deal with as church leaders that will require new solutions. With this in mind, we developed the Replicate Collective. This is a close-knit group of church leaders who want to help you and your church unleash your God-given potential. Members of the collective will interact with premier church leaders, men like Will Mancini, David Platt, Pete Scazzaro, and many others. Members of the collective create catalytic clarity for their church and personal lives. They participate in weekly huddles with like-minded church leaders, and you'll get personal coaching from me and the Replicate team. If you're interested in applying to join the collective 
or simply want to find out more, head over to replicatecollective.com. Replicatecollective.com. We have limited spots, so you want to check it out today. And we're back talking about this progression of six elements that we see through Scripture. Now we've come to the story of Jesus's baptism, and we're identifying the six elements here. So we've we've identified chaos, and then we've seen the water. What is the next element? Is this God speaks? Ooh, let me say one thing before we go because I, I was just writing this down. I was thinking about it. The, I talked earlier about fill full and fulfill. Um, Jesus didn't come to abolish, but to fulfill. Another translation of fulfill, and this will help too, is the idea of interpret correctly. Mm. Here's another way to think of it. I didn't come to get rid of the law and the prophets. I came to interpret correctly for you. Now, now listen, Jesus is not necessarily getting rid of the Torah or the, or the teachings of God in the book. Mm-hmm. Obviously, those are God's. What he's coming to do is to fill in the gaps, watch this, between the word of God and the oral tradition of the Pharisees, mm-hmm. which added to the teaching, yeah. which is why the very next thing Jesus does in the Sermon on the Mount, after he says, I didn't come to uh, abandon or abolish, but to fill, he says seven times, you have heard it said, mm-hmm. but I say to you, what he's saying is, I'm going to interpret Correctly Correct. for Man, you, what you miss. Okay, so back that's to good. back to the encounter. So that's we have a whole another podcast. That episode. is another podcast, but we're getting there because we're at Matthew three, so we may get there soon. Okay, uh, we have chaos, chaos, the, the Roman oppression. Yeah, we have water. water. We that's pretty easy. The Jordan River, the Jordan River, and then we have the Spirit. Okay, over this the one's water. easy too. Okay, for me because it spells it out very clearly in the Scripture when it says God's Spirit hovered over him like a dove. And we Ooh. talked about that yeah. a couple of episodes ago. It yeah. wasn't an, an actual dove. This yes. is just how the writer was describing it. Yes. No. The, and and again, remember the picture, I think the Hebrew's words, merifeset or merifefet. Can't remember the exact way to say it. If you it. say it with confidence. Merifefet, yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, the word dove in the Old Testament is synonymous with spirit. Okay, so you see, the, you see this connection here with the dove. Okay, then we have God speaking, uh, mm-hmm. and so you have the spoken word of God. In this case, they hear it. The mm-hmm. people hear it. Jesus hears it. This is my son, my chosen one, or this is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. Now watch this. Here's what's an interesting little contrast. In the Gospel of Matthew, the word of God is spoken, this is interesting, to the crowd, Okay, so mm. the, the phrase is in Matthew, it says, this is my son. Yeah, he, it doesn't say you are my son. Yes, he's speaking to the crowd to affirm the identity of Jesus. In Mark's account, it says, you are my son, mm. speaking to Jesus, okay, affirming his identity. Help me, help yeah. me with that. Well, I think it's just... Um, I think it's just this idea that that this is and you are is saying that basically the same thing. It's just affirming the identity of Jesus for who he is and what he does and the crowd. And so I think it's all together as one. This, you, I mean, same thing basically mm-hmm. is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But remember, the authors of the, the gospel writers are writing to particular audiences. Mm-hmm. And so th- they they will say things in a way or, or, or explain things in a way for the audience. To help so that th- audience They understand. want the audience to understand oh, this good. is the son of God here. Mm. And it's also, here's what's cool about Mark. I think it's fascinating for those who have a faulty um, relationship or a disconnected relationship with their dad. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's fascinating to me that right out the gate, we have the Son of God. Jesus has done nothing up to this point. No miracle, no teaching, yeah. nothing other than the uh, coming forward. You're the Son yeah. of God. He's done nothing by the world's standards miraculously. And yet the Father speaks these words over the Son. Here's what mm-hmm. he says. You are my beloved Son. Wow. In you I am well pleased. Now what is, what is fascinating about that, listen, is the fact that God says, I love you unconditionally, and I affirm you, and I am proud of you. And here's what's crazy. He's done nothing to write home about by the world's standards. And it shows us an amazing insight for us. Listen to this. If, if you have a father who's never affirmed you or a, or a family member who's never appreciated you, isn't it amazing that we serve a God that we don't have to earn fellowship with? We don't have to merit the favor of God. We don't have to do things for him to love us more. He loves us unconditionally the moment we come into his presence. He loves us, yeah. obviously, from the foundation of the world. But when we come into his presence, he loves us based on on the righteousness of Christ and the love he has for the Son that is imparted to us as believers, and we don't do anything to earn God's love. Mm. We work from the love of God. Robbie, I even think as a dad that I'm I'm immediately convicted as a dad that I need to be constantly telling my children, hey, you're my son, you're my daughter, I'm well pleased with you. That's good. Mm. Three things every child needs to hear. One, every, they need to hear this over and over, and I try to tell my boys this over and over. Number one, I love you. Mm-hmm. You tell them that all, all over and over. Number two, I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Daddy believes in you. Whatever you want to do, I'm behind you. Number three, here's a big one, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Think of the last time, think how many times you heard that from your parents. You know, If mm-hmm. you're listening, you're probably saying, I never heard that. It's very important. Okay, let's move it on, moving on. So we have spirit over water. We have God speaking. This is my son. Mm-hmm. Then we have the expected order. Okay. Yeah, th- this is the one that is a yes. little more difficult yes. for me to identify. Okay, it's out of this passage, and you have to go to the next page. Okay. Okay. The expected order is the testing. That is the testing because basically Satan is going to test Jesus with an disorder. With disorder. Okay. Jesus, as the spokesperson of God, is going to give the order. Ah, this is cool. It, it okay. kind of throws you off because Jesus plays the role of both God and man. This kind I of throws you. you off. I got you. So Satan is going to test him with, mm-hmm. with the word of God, which is interesting. Satan actually uses the word of God. We're going to get into this next week, and this is one of my favorite passages in all of Matthew. Mm-hmm. So many insights here. We could spend a month on that one <laughs> section. We probably won't, but we could. Okay. So basically, Satan is going to throw scripture at Jesus, and we're going to learn in a couple of weeks he even twists the scripture subtly Hmm. to see if Jesus knows where he adds or removes. Pretty interesting. But Jesus responds back and gives the expected order. The Bible says, uh, oh, it is written. It Hmm. is written. He says that over Hmm. and over. It is written. This is the expected order. And then the final thing is this, the testing. Mm -hmm. So what happens? Notice the end. Let's go to the end of the testing. Uh, Look at verse 11. Uh, Actually, verse 10. Verse 10. Let's read it. Of four? Uh, uh, four of ten. Four? Sorry, four, ten, and eleven. Read that. Yeah. Then Jesus told him, Go away, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and angels came and began to serve him. Yes. Okay. What does he do? He passed the test. Hmm. He passes the test. Okay. So w- what we have here is we have Jesus as the man of God, the representative of God, for the very first time, the paradigm is destroyed. 
Mm-hmm. The paradigm is overcome. Victory is, is, is given, not to the first Adam, but to the second Adam. So now Jesus overcomes this. But here's the principle for us who are listening. What is the point of all this? Okay, What is the point of all yeah, this? Yeah, what is the point of all That's this? That's a great question, Mr. Wood. <laughs> that is a great question. And here's the point. The point is, how does Jesus overcome testing? And better yet, how do we in our 21st century lives mm-hmm. overcome testing? How do we put, let me say it another way, how do we bring normalcy mm-hmm. to chaos? Mm-hmm. How do we bring order to disorder in this world? There's only one way to do it. It's all through scripture. God is showing us this paradigm in the old. Jesus accentuates it in the new. There's only one way to bring order to disorder, and it's the word of God. Mm. That's it. The word of God. When when the past people were tested, their response could have, should have been, I have the expected order, the word of God, I follow the word, it goes well for me. Mm. But they didn't. Adam did not listen to the word. Did God really say? No, he actually did. And I'd go against the word. Mm. Noah, God says, no, I do not went against the word. Moses, this is the word, goes against the word. Speak to the rock, don't, goes against the word. Joshua, Achan, goes against the word. And then we get to Jesus. Mm. And Jesus not only quotes the word, he is the word. Mm. And Jesus says, it's not, it's not good to live by bread alone. You should not test the Lord your God. It is written, it is written. So here's the point as we close. Every time there is a test in your life, go back to the word of God. Mm. What does the word say? Let the word inform your life. Now, some of you are saying, well, I don't even know the word. Mm-hmm. It's the reason we have this podcast here. The point is not just to know and be able to say, oh, I know a six-point element mm-hmm. pa- paradigm impress my friends. No, <laughs> the point of this is we want to be students of the word, which is why we always say at Long Hollow, get into the word mm-hmm. until the word gets into you. You want to be so saturated with the word, as Calvin said, when you cut me, I want to bleed Bible. I think that's what Calvin said. You, when you cut me, I want to bleed Bible. Mm-hmm. Calvin or Moody, I can't remember one of those said that. So the idea is you want to be so saturated the word of God that it becomes a reflex to you. Mm-hmm. Satan tempts you with fear and anxiety. The Bible says you shall not worry about anything for tomorrow has enough mm-hmm. to worry about itself. Uh, when you're attacked with uh, not knowing what to do, call to me and I'll answer you and show you greatness. I mean, you need to be able to reflex respond to the word of God. So what a challenge for all of us as we close. Are you in the word until the word gets into you? Do you have a designated time to get in the word to, and not just to read for example's sake or to, to pass a test, but for intimacy? Mm-hmm. One of the greatest things we talk about on this podcast is that we want to read not just for information, mm-hmm. but for intimacy with a person, mm-hmm. and that person is Jesus Christ. Wow, so so helpful, so encouraging, and that intimacy uh, is related to trust. And I love what you said about knowing the word is the first step, but following, obeying, trusting the word enough to do what it says. Uh, is so important. Man, that's really helpful. I love that we got to to finally discover what does this six-element progression mean? How does it help us? I know that anytime I, in the future, find water or uh, the word or chaos in the Bible, I'm going to immediately start looking for these other elements. When you drink Dasani, you may even think of it. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for pointing that out. Hey, if this podcast is helpful for you, we would love for you to share it with someone else uh, on any platform that you listen. Leave a comment or a like 
give it a thumbs up, help us spread the words. I hope you'll join us next time on the podcast. We're going to be getting into the temptation of Jesus. I cannot wait to hear some of the insights that we pull out from these words. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Take a moment to subscribe and share this podcast. You can receive more free resources to help you make disciples in your home, group, or church by clicking the link in the show notes or visiting our website at replicate.org.